Well, good morning and welcome to Tandem Radio Live. This is your host, Glenn DeLakian, here every Saturday morning, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, bringing you the good news on business. You will eat the fruit of your labor. Blessings and prosperity will be yours, says Psalms 128.2. And I want to welcome uh, all of you who are listening, not only locally and regionally, but nationally and internationally as well. It's always so good to get uh, those emails and uh, Facebook messages from uh, those of you who tune in, uh, not only through FM, but also through uh, tandemradio.com and uh, check out what we do on Facebook and so forth and so on. But just wanted to welcome you to the good news on business. And our goal is here at Tandem Radio Live is to help you walk in God's integrity every day. Uh, when, uh, when God uh, talks about his, uh, his son and uh, his uh, word, it's all about a 24-7 lifestyle. And the old adage, all is fair in love and war, just doesn't apply. So um, I know in the day before I knew the Lord, uh, I would flick that switch on Monday morning and uh, go into business mode, but it's so powerful to have God on your side and a part of your business every day, and that's why our goal is to point you to scriptures every day to help you understand that uh, the Word can apply to what you do on a regular basis, and it'll help you in your business in so many different ways. The theme of our show is uh, the good news on business, but the title for today's show specifically is Prepare for Departure, uh, a very unique business perspective today uh, because we have our guest David Hernandez Jr. in the studio, who's a a licensed funeral director and an owner-operator of Old Bridge and Waite Funeral Homes. And uh, David's a dynamic guy. We're going to bring him on in a minute. And uh, we're going to talk about some uh, very interesting stuff and questions that I know I have on my mind but never have anybody to ask. So I'm glad that David's with us in the studio today. And again, the title for today is Prepare for Departure. But before we start that, we'd like to get into our scriptures, which we provide every week. God delivers some scriptures to me, to me during the week, and uh, sometimes they jump right into what we're, our topic is, and sometimes I wonder, like, how's this going to fit, Lord? But uh, he always brings it all back together, because mm-hmm. this is a Holy Spirit-led show. So let's start with our scriptures. Genesis fifty thirteen. They carried him to the land of Canaan and buried him in the cave in the field of Mashpelah near Mamre, tough names there, which Abraham had brought as a burial place from Ephron the Hittite along with the field. John nineteen forty. Taking Jesus' body, the two of them wrapped it with spices in strips of linen. This was in accordance with Jewish burial customs. And 2 Corinthians 5.8, we are confident, I say, and would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. Again, good morning. You're listening to Tandem Radio Live. Hopefully, uh, if you get a chance, check out tandemradio.com. It's just a powerful resource where you can get some great information, not only information on our sponsors and on uh, people who we work with, but general information about your business. If you have any questions about today's show or any future show, feel free to email us at info at tandemradio.com. That's I-N-F-O at tandemradio.com, and we'll be glad to answer all your questions. And uh, a person I have a lot of questions for today. It's been a friend for a while now, and uh, uh, we met through... um Interesting circumstances, but uh, got to know each other a bit, and I've been excited to get him on the show. Finally, David Hernandez Jr., who's a licensed funeral director and owner, operator of Old Bridge and Waite Funeral Homes. Good morning, David, and welcome. Good morning, Glenn. Thank you for having me. Oh, uh, no problem. I know you've had a busy, busy schedule, and it's so good to finally get you in the studio. Yes, thank you. Well, David, before we dig in, because I know we have a lot to cover today, why don't you tell our audience a little about yourself? Sure, sure. Well, as as Yen mentioned, I'm a licensed funeral director here in New Jersey, Connecticut, uh, as well as Pennsylvania, which is where our family has uh, has ties and and where families have called uh, on us for our services. Mm-hmm. But um, well, it, it's 
funeral homes, everyone kind of has an idea of what we do, but uh, our goal is to provide celebration of life services, uh, help families through this difficult time mm. in their life by providing uh, dignified services, uh, service excellence uh, to our standards. And uh, we've broadened our, our horizons to be able to service families and all their needs um, mm. from helping make those arrangements before the actual passing through prearrangements. Uh, obviously, at that difficult time, uh, what we call at-need arrangements. Um, we also assist families in the memorialization through granite monument products, bronze products. Mm. Um, also, as uh, as we had discussed uh, a little earlier, we, uh, we've we expanded this year into those uh, uh, other family members in the house, uh, our pets, that mm. uh, that many of us come to love and, and, and grow as part of the family. So um, it's been a uh, very interesting uh, interesting year for us. But um, again, we feel that the funeral service is, is as much of, uh, of a calling and a ministry opportunity mm. for us to just be able to give people hope through what we do and, and ultimately um, guide them in, in just these difficult times, which which it is. Well, in the times I've spoken to you about it, it it's it's not only um, you know a necessary service, but it's also an interesting business as well. And, and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to get you on the show because sure. you know from a business perspective, there's one thing to think about. And and you know I've worked with funeral homes from a business perspective mm-hmm. as well, so that gives me kind of a little bit different insight than most people. But most people, you know, don't think of a funeral home or or, or um, uh, even you know notice one usually a lot of times on the side of the road unless the need arises right. and it's always a last minute thing and it's like in and out you know so they really don't know the inner working so i'm glad that you're here because we do want to talk about the ministry aspect but we also want to talk about the business absolutely aspect and and what makes it unique so uh david i'm glad that you're here this morning and again welcome a um, couple of things let's t- let's jump in um as we talk now again let's talk from a business perspective to start with um funeral business why the funeral business what got you inspired to go into the funeral business oh that's that's a great question Actually, when I was younger, uh, my mother had uh, had worked in the bakery industry and had done that for 20, 25 years and mm. was tired of getting up early in the morning <laughs> and doing uh, all the work there. So she had looked for a, another opportunity, a, a new job, and, and she had answered an ad in the newspaper for cemetery, cemetery help. Mm-hmm. She had recently lost her, her father, my grandfather, so she had been through the experience, um, didn't have a positive Experience. So when she went through it, um, she felt that uh, she would be able to to help families in their time and in their needs. So the influence came from my mom. And for the summers, my first summer jobs uh, at at twelve were running around cemeteries, <laughs> clean, cleaning up, chasing the geese off the the grave sites, and you know just doing all the various jobs. And I did that uh, all the way through till till high school ended. Really? So once high school ended, um, her and I had an opportunity to, to come into New Jersey. Mm. Um, the Lord opened some doors as far as uh, employment at, at, at a funeral home here, actually right not too far from the studios here. Okay. And um, at, from that point on, I just said, you know what, let me go to school. Let me figure out what I want to do. But had always had an influence of seeing funeral directors coming into the cemeteries, um, leading all these people, it seems like in one move they were able to just guide you know a hundred people. Everyone was eyes were always focused on them, and, and I just thought that that was just something that is just so interesting, mm. uh, dynamic. And uh, about first year through uh, through college, I, I looked at her and said, you know, Mom, I, I think I think this is what I want to do. I want to be a funeral director. And wow. she said, Okay, great. 
well, the funeral home needs some grass cutting and the gutters and everything <laughs> else. So um, she she put me through the, the ringer, you could say, but uh, did everything in the funeral home except service families because she really wanted to see if this was something I wanted to do, not just a, an influence oh, from a right, parent. Sure. Um, so I actually worked there for about a year before I even got inside and started doing the uh, working the doors, visitations. So she was a funeral director, though, at this time? Who's that? Your mother. No, she was a cemeterian. She actually oh, came okay, into okay. the funeral oh. home to assist and show how to, how to bring her oh, service okay, levels okay. to the funeral homes. And then uh, went to school, um, graduated, then I went to mortuary science school, mm, got, my, got my license. And um, although my mom was in the industry, I'm a first-generation funeral director. So oh, okay. it gives us a little bit of a unique experience because she's on the cemetery side of things mm. where I come on, on the funeral side. So we really give the families, I guess you could say, the full perspective, especially here in Jersey. Right. So yeah. when did you actually buy the funeral home here? Well, we, we had been there since 2000. Mm-hmm. Um, we had uh, worked faithfully for, for a great family, the, uh, the Waite family, who mm-hmm. actually owned the funeral home. And then um, in uh, September of 2009, we were able to finally, uh, um, I guess, close on the, on the funeral homes, okay. um, which was a big labor of love because we had been there from, from I guess, like, really the beginning. Wow. So it was just great that the Lord opened up those opportunities mm-hmm. for us to come in and and ultimately um, own the places that we had put so much of our time and effort into. Now, let's talk about schooling for a second, because sure. I'm sure, like myself, most people don't know that there's a lot of schooling involved in what oh, you absolutely. do. What What was the process? I mean, you went to college, you said. Yep, yep. What, what so from there? It, it, every state has different rules and regulations, mm. but um, it, we're, we're still considered a trade, which means you have to have some kind of licensure. It's not uh, a bachelor's degree, master's, or anything of that nature, but mm. In order to qualify for New Jersey, Connecticut, or even Pennsylvania, you need 60 college credits, and that could be really mm. in, in anything. Okay. And then you're going to need to get some prerequisites for for mortuary science, which are um, basics in uh, in chemistry, business law, uh, psychology. There's about six or seven uh, prerequisites. Will biology be in there? That biology, okay, absolutely. Sure. Anatomy, physiology. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once you have all those prereqs done, you can go into your mortuary uh, science program, okay. which – it, it, it's about, um, I think, 20 credits a semester. So it's, it's pretty jammed packed. Um, but if, if, if you do that right, you can, you can probably get in and out of it in a year. Mm. And then you have a two-year apprenticeship that you oh, have wow. to serve in a funeral home. So the majority of funeral directors in our state um, takes anywhere from four to, to five years, maybe even longer if you go into some kind of a part-time type of, type of situation with schooling, if you have family commitments or, or just other commitments where you can't devote full time. Hmm. Oh, so they do make, they give you some concessions there and some flexibility to get these things done. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. In, in, in New Jersey, there's a school. New York has a couple schools. Um, but uh, again, most of the most of the colleges don't offer any type of mortuary science degrees just because of the the um, I guess the limited uh, um, nature of, of what we do. Hmm. So um, but it, it's it's a fantastic, fantastic opportunity for us. And in fact, our our uh, funeral directors, there's more retiring from our field than going into the oh, field. Oh, no kidding. So as far as job security, um, you know, it's a, it's a joke. I mean, we're, we're always going to have, uh, have our need for services, as right. you had mentioned in the opening. But as far as the funeral directors and the quality of funeral directors out there, we're just we're diminishing. So we're, it's a big push right now in our industry to start to get some of these young kids to see that 
the value in, in this industry mm. as well as the job security. There you go. Well, good good to have you here today, Dave. We're coming up on a break, but um, uh, we have so many questions to ask. I know that uh, there are many people out there probably saying, boy, if I was sitting with this guy, I have a few questions for him. So <laughs> I'm glad you're here today. And I know you have a fresh, young approach to what you do as well. So uh, that's dynamic and uh, gives us a lot of insights. And I know we're going to talk about the ministry aspect, too, which uh, is what it's really all about. Yes. And glorifying God is what we do here at Tandem Radio Live. And uh, we're excited to be with you every Saturday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And again, don't forget to tune in on TandemRadio.com. We'll be back right after this break. Well, welcome back to Tandem Radio Live. This is your host, Glenn DeLakin, here along with David Hernandez, who's a licensed funeral director and owner-operator of Old Bridge and Waite Funeral Homes. And uh, boy, do we have some interesting things to talk about today. Uh, certainly, uh, the title of the show is Prepare for Departure. And, uh, you know, I had heard David long ago, um, I'll never forget, before I actually came to the Lord, I was in Seattle, Washington, and, and there was a man shining shoes on a corner, and uh, he had a Bible on the shoe shine table. Table and uh, I was getting my shoe shine and I looked down. I said, "You read that?" Mm. And he goes, "Well, you know what that is, right?" I said, "No." He goes, "The basic instructions before leaving Earth." You know, <laughs> so I never forgot that acronym <laughs> for Bible. Good. You know, and uh, it kind of tied. I kept thinking that when I was thinking about our show yeah, and what we're going to do that's today, good. because preparing for departure is part of what we're going to talk about, but only part about of what we're going to talk about because we're still talking on the uh, business side. And before we get into some of the more st- specifics. How would you say, you know, from the funeral business, how would you say it uh, is similar and maybe how would you say it's different from the average business out there? I mean, I, you know, people come to me all the time as a consultant and say, how do I start a business? How do I do this? How do I do that? And a lot of the basics are the same. But funerals, I've never worked with anybody who wanted to be a funeral mm-hmm. director. So tell me a little bit about the business perspective. Uh, well, it, it, funeral homes, it, it's, it's tough because it's a high fixed cost business. Mm-hmm. Um, we have to have... Obviously, our facilities, which um, most uh, landlords, realtors, they're not going to lease to you. So you, it's it's a purchase type of type mm. of application. You have licensed professional staff, which will command higher salaries. Um, mm. You know, you have the the basics like any other business: your cost of goods, your salaries, your general administratives. But the the tough thing with us is that you you really have one opportunity to service each family, and you mm. have to have to make sure that each one goes off perfectly. And right. And so many families say, you know, it seems like there's just so much that you have to do in such a short time. And we have almost 24 hours really to pull off what we have Mm, to do. And when we sit with the family, that means uh, bringing the loved one into our care, doing any type of preparation, contacting churches, cemeteries, newspapers, family members, musician, organists. I mean, um, there's over 250 decisions that a family has to make at that time. So in a time the, of crisis. In a time of crisis yeah. when they may not necessarily be thinking uh, with with the clarity right. that they should. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's obviously financial matters here as well. So mm-hmm. everything has a financial cost. And, um, you know, we, we just we try to bring it all together because you have that that counseling aspect. You know, you, you obviously have buildings and staff. So you have to keep that roof over your heads mm-hmm. as well. But how do you do that and run a business and your and use your heart at the same right. time? So yeah. it's. It's a it's a, an area where you, you ebb and flow on mm, both sides, right. and um, ultimately, I, I think that um, I always tell our, our staff that uh, funerals are are for the living. You mm. know, it's it's a matter of taking that loved one to their place of rest or, or or taking care of their remains. But we're we're in the family service business where we need to make families feel comfortable. We need to make them feel that this is a process that they're involved in that that they can be happy. 
mm-hmm. that when they look back on this funeral, they say, you know what, we, we gave mom a, a great send off or, or do you see all the people at dad's funeral or this or that? So, um, you know, we have all, all the, the, the income expense ratios, but then there, there's just so much play on emotion. There's so much mm-hmm. play on the professional aspect that, um, you know, your building is important. Um, your service is important. Your funeral directors are paramount and mm-hmm. how they deal with people. Cause that's, 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 that's the pass through for the right. business. That's right. who they're dealing with. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have, we have our uniquenesses, <laughs> you know, there's, there's never that, uh, that, that constant flow. It seems like you're, you're, Feast or famine sometimes, right. you know, you might have four or five funerals at once and then, and then none for, for a week or two. So that, that's where you get some of those, uh, those uneven nights where you're just wondering what's happening. <laughs> <Yeah>. But, uh, <laughs> you make payroll next week. Yeah. Yeah. So, I hear you. <laughs> but, uh, and, and yeah. especially in our infancy as the, as the funeral homes when we were serving, um, uh, about 50 client families, um, right. out of our, our Morganville location, mm-hmm. you know, you just, you'd make the most out of every family and you treat them. Just like yours, mm, just like right. yours. Well, you know, most of our listeners are either business owners or business-related people, so they certainly understand that there is a business side yeah. to your business, and most people don't, I'm sure, um, and, and they don't realize that. Let's. You, you mentioned licensing. I know at one time, and, and I could be right or wrong on this, but I know at one time the funeral um, business was highly regulated, mm-hmm. very regulated. Is that still the case, Sam? Is it still highly regulated? Oh, yeah. Is it less regulated? Yeah, or? no, no we're, we're extremely highly regulated. Regulate it, which is, uh, in my perspective, if you know what you're doing, if if you're following the rules, then it, it is what it is. You know, mm-hmm. it keeps the the riffraff out of our industry, mm-hmm. which right. is really what those rules are for. But we're governed. Uh, each state has their own governing board for okay. mortuary science. So in the, in the state of New Jersey, there's a state board of mortuary science. Really, um, and then again, you know, we have state laws that we have to follow. We have OSHA regulations. Mm. We have the Federal Trade Commission. So every time a family comes in, depending on the type of services that they select, there's certain and specific disclosures that Mm. we have to make. Oh, okay. Um, Like, for instance, uh, embalming is not required by state law, except if you were going to have a a visitation or services after 48 hours. Oh, okay. A lot of families don't know that. After 48 hours from death. After 48 hours mm-hmm. of death. Interesting. Now, if you decide that, hey, you know what? We can't do the service uh, you know, until three or four days because the grandson's in college or can't right. come back or this or that, you still don't have to do embalming. You can, you can place the loved one into a sealing metal casket. Oh, okay. So there's, then, there's, you couldn't, then you wouldn't have an open casket. Correct. Right, okay. I so get there, it. there's, I get so, there's right, right, right. numerous, numerous disclosures. But again, it's, it's good because – it's all consumer based, mm. so it, it. I don't. I don't feel that it's constrictive in any way into our business operations. Right. So it's really for the benefit of the consumer. I, absolutely. Uh, in, in most absolutely. cases, and of course, people in a, a grieving situation can often be taken advantage of, and obviously, that's why they have all those right. rules and guidelines. Which is why we don't mind that. You right. know, if if they're going to be consumer based or, or consumer driven policies, mm. then that does nothing but benefit the families that we're right. here to help, anyways. Mm. So. Now, you know, let's talk a little about tradition because obviously um, burial and death have been, uh, you know, in, in as long as human beings have been on this planet. And obviously God talks about it in Genesis. Yeah. I happen to pick a scripture out that's not the earliest mention, but they carried him to the land of Canaan and buried him in the cave in the field of Machpelah near yeah. Mamre, <laughs> which Abraham had bought as a burial place from Ephron, the Hittite, along with the field. So, you know, buying burial places, setting up places to bury people. Um, you know, 
dignity had a lot to do with burial. Obviously, a king, mm-hmm. you know, they, they mentioned, you know, being buried with his fathers or yeah. not being buried with his fathers, you know. Um, so people have taken burial very seriously. You know, we we talk about the ultimate insult when they scatter the bones or they don't get a burial, mm-hmm. you know. So so this has played an important part. And, and one of the things I wanted to touch on today, not that we're going to jump around, but there's just so many things in my head. Um, you know, burial and, and, and these types of services have played an important part in people's life. Um, how do you see the variations? You must see them all. I mean, yeah, I mean, we're obviously the faith of our family um, plays into how we run our businesses, mm-hmm. but we're nonsectarian. Right. So we service Christian, Catholic, uh, Muslim, Hindu, Buddhist, mm-hmm. uh, people with no faith or ha- have no want of faith. So we really see all the traditions the the and cultural traditions mm-hmm. too. I mean, we're here in New Jersey and there, there's there's a, a a great dynamic of different cultures that are all around us sure. and in our funeral home communities. So, um, you know, burial has always been a significant part in people's lives because they feel a need of of still being able to find a place where they can be attached to to that loved one. Mm. Um, you know, if you go to Washington, I mean, you see monuments right. everywhere. You go to Arlington, I mean, it, it's this uh, amazing feeling when you walk there and you're around these these soldiers and heroes and presidents and all these places and and the fact is that you know if you look at scripturally sin, the sin nature came and and it's tough for us to to deal with death it's right. just something that's foreign to us so when we are confronted with that it 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 hits us to our core and we mm. still want to be able to reach out feel see go somewhere um, which is why burial so so important, mm-hmm. um, and it, the, burial meaning just just a place of of being able to to have to go to see someone or, or pay respects, and and cremation's becoming more popular with the uh, um, scattering remains in the ocean or on a hilltop or or going, you know, wherever that person loved. So right. it's it's not so much of of burial meaning in the ground as much as it is just having some kind of ceremonial spot or, or thought where, where you can go and visit people. Well, we're going to talk more about the specifics of differences, if you don't mind, uh, and even cremation versus burial. We had touched on that uh, before we got started. And uh, so I wanted to talk about those things, and we're coming up on another break, so uh, I don't want to shortchange those uh, those items. But you know, obviously, there there is what's uh, one of the things that's always amazed me, and I guess, you know, scripturally we're not supposed to dwell on it obviously is we put so much time into life that we know it's inevitable that we mm-hmm. all have one life to live and that's it but preparing for departure is something that people just don't really do that right? well so yeah. most people are not really that prepared are they no no and uh you know we find that sometimes the the people that 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 are so involved in in their churches or faith mm-hmm. and and they've dealt with the eternity aspect of, right. of why they they believe in their certain faiths is that they've almost ignored what happens here. <laughs> you know, everyone looks forward to or says, I'll see you here, there, or up in the air, but right. they forget about the family that's left behind mm. and all the administrative financial decisions that need to be made. And I've seen both sides where the discussion never came up and where the discussion was brought up and everything was planned. And the two differences are paramount. I mean, right. the families have such a, a greater sense of ease when, when things are at least discussed mm. as opposed to now them trying to figure out all of these plans. I know when my father passed, for example, he had a list. Yeah. <laughs> I want this, I want that. And it was amazing because we were able to follow that list to the letter and it made 
our time uh, of morning, especially my mother's time of morning, mm-hmm. so much simpler because he had made this checklist. And I mean, it was literally a checklist. How many cars in the procession? Yeah. I mean, and you didn't that. have to second guess yourself, exactly, which is exactly. the most important thing. You don't want to do that at that yeah. time. And we're going to talk after the break about how to prepare for those things. Sure. And I know you even have a format that people can follow and so forth, yeah. which is great. You're listening to Tandem Radio Live. We're here every Saturday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And I say Eastern Standard Time because uh, we have listeners from around the country and in some cases around the globe. And we'd love to hear from you at info at tandemradio.com. Send in your questions, or if you have topics that you think we should discuss on the show, we'd love to hear from them. Tandemradio.com is the website. Info at tandemradio.com is the email address. And uh, we're here today with uh, David Hernandez, who's a licensed funeral director and owner-operator of Old Bridge and Waite Funeral Homes, which are two beautiful facilities uh, in this area. But we're going to talk about a lot of things that we know you'll be interested in. So stay tuned for more right after this break. Well, welcome back to Tandem Radio Live. This is your host, Glenn DeLakian, along with David Hernandez, who's a licensed funeral director and owner-operator of Old Bridge and Waite Funeral Homes, two great facilities uh, in the area. Let's go back to our scriptures real quick. Genesis fifty thirteen. they carried him to the land of Canaan and buried him in the cave in the field of Machpelah near Mamre, which Abraham had bought as a burial place from Ephron to the Hittite along with the field. So uh, even back in the early days of Genesis, they were buying uh, plots and buying fields and uh, buying burial places uh, for their dead, and uh, burial was important. John 1940, taking Jesus' body, and we're going to talk about this, taking Jesus' body, the two of them wrapped it with the spices in strips of linen. This was in, in, in accordance with Jewish burial customs, and I'm going to talk a little bit about that with David in a minute, about burial customs. And then lastly, 2 Corinthians, which I think is a, really the summation of what we're going to talk about today. 5.8, we're confident, I say, and would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. Mm-hmm. That's Paul saying about that. So literally, when we die, to be if, if we're believing in the Lord, we're to be absent from the body is to be in the presence of the Lord. And uh, to me, that brings a whole different perspective on funerals. I know uh, born-again Christians, Christians typically look at funerals as a celebration of life, right. where I think people without faith, uh, typically, they get hit hardest, I think. Um, and, and in my opinion, David, uh, it's amazing. Uh, uh, and I've been at many deathbeds myself to, to speak with people and, and uh, privileged to uh, speak about the Lord, which in many cases to these people. And it's amazing to watch someone without faith mm how they suffer differently than someone with faith. And um, and to go to a funeral of someone who's really lived a a born-again life, who loves Jesus Christ, is really, it's a a glorifying thing to go to a service and know that that person stepped into the next realm, Mm. into heaven, where people without faith are going, like, hey, let's get this over with and just get the, you know, get this done. So uh, I'll try not to be crude (laughs) and all that. But but let's talk about um, uh, some of the, the, maybe the tougher topics, like, for example, traditions. Uh, What are some of the traditions that you see? You mentioned you're Across the board, from you know Christians who are uh, you know born again Christians to people of no faith and everything in between. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about some of the traditions that you see. Sure, yeah. I mean, one one of the um, traditions that that we deal with is, and you, you alluded to it a little bit earlier in, in your scripture readings at the opening of the the segment here is uh, the Jewish faith. Mm. Um, it's very uh, very ritualistic. Um, they have uh, a certain way that that the burials go. Uh, meaning that the the body is is to be washed in a in a particular way, mm. um, and, and in our area they, there's still groups that that perform those those rituals mm. as as described. Um, uh, they have uh, 
uh, people there at the funeral home that will pray all night with the body. Oh, really? Um, called a shomar. And the people mm. that wash the body or the society that comes out as a Shevra Kadisha, they wash it in a certain way. They're, they're mm. reciting prayers, um, uh, hymns. And then uh, just the, the whole way that they go about their, their uh, funeral service, they have um, uh, prayers, services, and one that's really unique that gets the whole community and everybody that's, that's there involved is at the end of the service, the casket is lowered into the grave with everyone present, mm-hmm. and all of the family, friends have an opportunity to come forward and place dirt into the grave. Mm. Um, but then we go into some of our uh, our Asian traditions where there's uh, simple things like just making sure that there's candies out for the mm-hmm. visitations and uh, the burning of, of money or fake money. Mm. Um, all rites of passages uh, that are described in, in either their uh, demographic traditions or their their faiths. Mm. So it, it's, it's broad and ranging and, and even in – uh, Christian circles or, or, or any faith circles, you, you have those traditions, but then you have family traditions right, right, that right. start to play in. So yeah, um, no, no service is ever the same. Mm-hmm. No, sir. Even if you have the, the same uh, Catholic mass or born again service or, or Jewish graveside, every single one is different just because every family has either done things a little little bit different or they've put their own twist to things, which is what gives us a, a, a really unique way of, of going about it and seeing how families like to do things. Now, this question just came to mind, and, and since I'm a, in a technology business myself, how's technology impacted your business? Yeah, I, you know, it's incredible because before it used to be, oh, bring pictures into the funeral home, we'll do poster boards mm-hmm. and all of this. Now we're getting into uh, the, the DVD productions, memorial productions, mm-hmm. um, we're able to, if you if you have a proper sound system, uh, bring in music that mm. the person loved. Um, one of our biggest questions that we asked during the arrangement is, what, what kind of music did they like? And mm. they'll say, oh, you know, they're they're, you know, they loved classical or Frank Sinatra or this or that. And we'll go online, you know, iTunes or whatever it is. Right. We'll get that person's music. So the moment they walk in the funeral home, they're put to ease. Mm. Music has a, a way of kind of breaking down people into a comfort level. Right. So um, we've played music, we've played rock, we've played this, we've played that. So, um, And then online is big. Mm-hmm. I mean, on our website, we have online memorials, people that can't make it because they're they're across the country or they're at work or, or whatever it is that they can't make it to the service. They actually log on. They can, they can post pictures online on our memorial websites. They can send a little note to the family. So technology, I think, has, has just been able to open up the uh, the ability for people to, to grieve in an open fashion where mm. before you, you made it to the funeral or you didn't. Right. And that was it. Right. So now people can send emails. They can send pictures. There's memorial Facebook pages. I mean, there's all kinds of great stuff that's that's really starting to infiltrate our industry. Are you streaming the memorial services at all? Right you now? know, we've we've tried it, and uh, it's it's starting to get a little bit of a little bit of traction. Mm. Um, the one time that that we were asked to do it was was for a uh, a veteran that was mm. overseas that just couldn't make it back. Oh, so okay. those are when we start to to see those or, or immediate family members, but. Um, to, to stream that for open public viewing is, is still something that we say, you know, if if they want to call, get a password or something like right. that, we'll open it up to them. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because um, I was at a wedding recently okay. and uh, it was an Armenian traditional wedding uh, and all the people were from directly from Armenia. I'm from I'm Armenian descent. Mm. Uh, I, w- I was the only uh, English speaking person there with my wife. Uh, but it was interesting wedding. It was a beautiful wedding. And what I thought was amazing is all these old world traditions. Right. And uh, everybody's speaking the old language and all of a sudden they're all from Yerevan, Armenia, 
they had a laptop up on the table open with Skype. Oh, wow. And we could see the people in Armenia celebrating the wedding while they were seeing us oh, celebrate great. the wedding. It was amazing. So it's a it's incredible word technology. I'm sure it's creeping in more and more yeah. into your industry yep. as well. Let, let's talk real quick about cremation versus burial. There's so many things I want to squeeze into. We're going to have to have their back in the future. But cremation versus burial, what are you seeing there? What are your thoughts? I mean, I've dug into Scripture to try to find. I'm, I'm sure there's probably maybe some pastors I might offend by even saying this. You know, I've never found a definitive between one or the other. If somebody out there knows of one, you know, send me an email at info at tandemradio.com. But what what's your thoughts on that, cremation versus burial? Well, I, likewise, I mean, we've poured over the scriptures as well, and it's – it's it's tough to find that definitive answer that mm-hmm. says oh it's it's burial or it's cremation or or, or don't do one or the other. Um, we've always just taken the approach of that the body was was is a temple. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful uh, creation that God created. So mm-hmm. we try to respect it as best as we can. And by doing that, it, ultimately it's the family's choice. Mm-hmm. I mean. We say if if it's burial, then sometimes families do closed casket burial where they never see the body, and right. sometimes families choose cremation where they have a, a full viewing funeral service, and and then they do cremation. So, mm. as far as the the burial versus cremation, I mean, I I don't I don't have a, a preference I, either way um, as far as with our clients, but I could tell you that cremation is is increasing year after year. Is there? Do you notice an impact on the living? When it comes to burial versus cremation, I mean, does does it give more closure to have an open casket versus a closed casket? I mean, what about those thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think that there's always a value in uh, when it's when it's available to mm. see the loved one, and mm. if you can't see the loved one for for maybe reasons of, of the way that they passed or, mm. or for something that's just unforeseen, is to have that type of ceremony where people can get involved because mm. you'd be surprised at, at how many times I sit. With a family, I said, "Do you want to do a visitation? What type of services? Ah, oh, we really don't know who'd come. You know, she's been sick for so long, or this, that, the other thing." And then during the viewing, they're surprised at the people that are coming in. Mm. And every time someone comes in, they're bringing a story about that loved one right, with them that right. you might not know. Mm. So by not opening that up, or whether that's at a funeral home, a cemetery, at at a backyard barbecue, or whatever whatever means that you decide to to memorialize or remember that life. Right. You're you're opening that opportunity for people to come to you and tell them what that loved one meant to them, mm. and then that 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 starts to bring in some intrinsic value in your mm. life and say, "Wow, you know, I didn't, I never knew Dad was friends with this guy right, or right, this right. or that." So it's just it's it's beautiful. I mean, and that's one of the things we do at our visitations is we have little pieces of paper that says fondest memories, mm. and we ask everyone to just hey, in in one or two sentences write write a memory that the family might not know. That's great. And uh, we put them in the bag. We don't tell the family. And then when they're opening their bag after the funeral, they see, you know, what, 5, 10, 15, 20, 100 of these pieces of wow. paper. And now they start to read all these stories mm. about their loved one that they, they may know. Or now that maybe it was someone from high school or 20 years ago or 30 years ago saying these stories about, about their loved one. Right. So uh, burial, cremation, it doesn't really matter to us. What matters to us is that the person has a dignified service where people can come. And you, mm. you ultimately, believe it or not, start to begin the healing process right, right there. And, and that's something I just wanted to bring to mind because, again, we're coming up on a break. Uh, that you, And you mentioned, I think, before where we have to remember that the, the funeral, the burial – 
It's for the living, mm-hmm. not for the person who's passed. Obviously, um, you know, uh, we that believe know that to be absent from the body is to be in the presence of the Lord, and we've yes. actually stepped in. I, I often, when I am honored to, to minister at a, a funeral, I'll often tell people that the person who just passed doesn't know they're dead. <laughs> They've just <laughs> walked into the next step. They're they're glorified in heaven. And um, it's us here that uh, need to, are the ones that are left with uh, the mourning. Yep. And uh, I think people need to think about that when it comes to a funeral as well, at least in my opinion. Opinion that uh, you know, glorifying the dead is not what it's all about. It's about glorifying God and 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 our worship of God and helping the people who are here with the mourning. Um, oh, absolutely. And, uh, and a lot of times that can be something right out of Scripture, or sometimes that can just be your presence. So uh, you're listening to Tandem Radio Live. we got so much more to cover, and only one segment left to do it in. So uh, I'm glad you're all out there listening. Again, if you have questions, info at tandemradio.com, I-N-F-O, tandemradio.com. Welcome back to Tandem Radio Live. This is Glenn Delake and your host, and we're talking about prepared for departure, and we're with David L. Hernandez, Jr., who's a licensed funeral director and owner-operator of Old Bridge and Waite Funeral Homes. Um, and, uh, David, thank you for coming in. Again, just so many questions reeling through my mind that we could have covered today, but <laughs> let's try to get to a few more for our listeners, because I know we have a, a strong business audience out there that wants to know some things, and maybe there's some of you even thinking, like I am, am I really prepared for departure? And and uh, uh, I'm sure many times if you're listening to this station, you you know what Scripture says about that and how we are prepared in that respect. Thank you, Jesus, for the salvation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what about the people we leave behind? And I think that's part of what we're talking about today. And uh, again, 2 Corinthians 5.8 wraps it all up with, we are confident, I say, and this is Paul saying in his letter to the Corinthians, we are confident, I say, and would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord, making clear that when we're away from our body, we are at home with the Lord. But there's this grieving process. There's the people we leave behind. There's the loved ones that we care about, that even though we stepped into eternity, there'll be a time for them to come as well. Um, we need to prepare for that in many ways. So uh, so let's talk about a couple of things here, David, real quick. How does the Bible handle grief? Obviously, this is probably a question you deal with often. I know, uh, you know, you've ministered, uh, because mm-hmm. you've had, uh, gaps where people needed you to actually step in and minister at some funerals. I've had that opportunity. It's a, it's an interesting opportunity when you start thinking about it. Sometimes those are last minute opportunities. Sometimes you can prepare for them. Right. What does the Bible say about handling grief? Well, I mean, the Bible is, is I think, the first best source for so, everything in life. Right. Especially, especially grief, because it, it's, it's, just full. There's so many passages, but one that I always uh, tend to go back to, and it's a difficult subject, is is Second Samuel 12, and it's uh, the death of uh, David's son, mm. David and Bathsheba's son, right. and it's one of those events in life that nobody ever ever wants to go through as a loss of a child, and Amen. and perhaps one of the most difficult. And mm. um, it describes David as as while the child was sick. Uh, um, Meditating, praying, fasting, face on the Sack floor, cloth, ashes. Yeah, yeah. and um, interestingly enough, and, and some people look at it as, as a little cold. But once mm. he found that the his child had passed, right. he got up and he asked. He went to his throne and then he asked for food, mm. which he hadn't done while the child was sick. And they, you know, the servant said, "Well, why now?" And uh, paraphrasing, he's like. The child's with God. He, I can't bring him back, but one day I'll go to him. Amen. That's right. And it's it's a beautiful show that that David just he just knew that God was in control and that mm-hmm. he could put all of his hope and all of his faith that that God is the only thing in this life that gives you that promise of seeing that loved one again. Mm-hmm. And he knew that. He knew mm-hmm. that. So 
you know, we, we, we try to always go back to Scripture because ultimately Jesus is that, that everlasting hope that mm. connects us to those that have gone before us. Mm. And, and I, relatives, I love the Scripture, you know, and again, it's sometimes the short ones that really get you, where it, God put eternity in our hearts, mm. you know. Uh, he put it there in the hearts of men, and, and we know there's eternity. Even though Absolutely. people have no faith, when they're faced with death, yep. they're aching, man, and they yeah. know that there's an eternity they don't know what it may they, they they probably lost all sense of what it might be but in their heart's heart they know there's an right. eternity and in. and you know again the the shortest scripture in the bible everybody knows jesus, <laughs> jesus wept, wept. Yeah, and amen. he wept because of his great friend that passed that's right so we know that god was fully man and fully god mm-hmm. and he knows what it is to lose right. a, a loved one mm-hmm. so you know always lean on him always amen. lean on him amen that's so important um, let's dip back to two more things I want to squeeze in, and, and that, of course, is the crux of hopefully the show of what people understand that that we're all about letting you realize that whether it's in business, whether it's in funeral uh, arrangements, uh, whatever, it's all about Scripture, and it's all about going back and finding what God has to say about your circumstances. And, and that means all your circumstances, not just, you know, what you do on Sundays, mm. uh, but what you do in your entire life. And certainly we all know that God put eternity in our heart, and we have time. We At times we think about eternity, but are we really prepared for departure? And, and obviously what we're talking about today. But let's let's digress for a second. Veterans benefits. I yes. want to throw it out there. Yeah, plenty. We, we had someone on the show a couple weeks ago. We talked all about veterans. Let's talk about that real quick. I think that's something a lot of people don't know about. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, we're losing quite a bit of our World War II veterans now and, and some Korean War veterans, and, and there's quite a bit of benefits. So I'll try to run, run through them real quickly with you, is that uh, if you're an honorably discharged veteran, you're mm-hmm. entitled to grave space for you, your spouse, and dependent children. Oh, really? Free grave space, free mm-hmm. opening and closing of graves, wow. as well as if it's going to be in-ground burial, um, they will provide an outer burial container as well as the monument. Hmm. So if you look at that over the course of a husband and the spouse, that, that could be anywhere from a ten to a $12,000 saving. Wow. So it's significant. And many, hmm. many veterans somewhat know, but they don't know the financial implications of passing that up. Right. So it's always something to, to consider. Hmm. And every state has, a, has a, a, a state cemetery, and then obviously there's the national cemeteries that everybody knows about, like Arlington. But hmm. uh, if you're honorably discharged, you qualify for many of those benefits. Hmm. Well, I know there's many, and, and, and on that, I want to encourage people that uh, if you're a veteran or someone you know who's passed as a veteran, you need to call right away and find out. And ask your um, a, a legitimate uh, funeral director yep. is going to be able to tell you those things. Ask, though. You need to really ask right. about that, because I know my father-in-law was veteran, and when his wife passed, it was all like, we were all in disarray. What do we do? But somebody said, did you check for veteran benefits? And you're exactly right. He got free internment at the yep. Veterans uh, um, Cemetery down down in um, South Jersey somewhere. I can't remember the town. Yeah, Arnie now. Town. Arnie, well, right. they call it Arnie Town, but it's really Wright's Town. So. Right, right, right. Okay. So, uh, um, but uh, yeah, that was a huge savings for their family for sure. Yep. Um, so, uh, so we've talked about the spiritual side. We've talked about the business side. We've talked about uh, veterans benefits. Uh, let's throw in a funny story for All our right, audience great, before great. we go. I know every business owner has a funny story, but I'm sure you have a unique one. Yeah, this one's good. Um, people do prearrangements. So uh, this gentleman had did a prearrangement with us. We had... Uh, uh, he had supplied an obituary. Mm-hmm. So when he passed, uh, we brought the family in just to show them all of his selections, everything. And we had typed up the obit as as he had asked, and mm-hmm. I had given the obituary to the family. And from the looks of it, I mean, this guy was well accomplished, owned businesses, invented things. I mean, owned this, owned that, all kinds of stuff. 
Family looks at it, starts cracking up. And I'm thinking I, I made spelling errors or something happened. And like, mm-hmm. you don't understand. Dad was the biggest practical jokester. He worked for the post office. He never owned oh, this, never owned that, gosh. never did this. So, you know, he, he had our whole group reeling because we're like, we have this dignitary that, that we're going to be servicing. And, and it ended up being a big practical joke. So really? family ended up changing the obit. So it didn't run in the paper. But uh, the point was made. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's interesting you say that because I was going to ask that question. What about when someone prearranges a funeral and the family says, oh, I don't want it that way? Well, that's that's when we if if you have a feeling that that your your kids or your spouse aren't going to follow through with your wishes, New Jersey actually enacted a law to try to help uh, with families that try to change services or recoup those dollars, and it's mm. called a funeral agent, which mm. supersedes a spouse. So, mm. if you select a funeral agent, it might be a pastor, or someone in so like an executive of her will. Yeah, yeah. Okay. They have the final say, and most likely you can say, "Hey, my lawyer is the funeral agent. This is what I want. What I want." and you know, a lawyer or a CPA, someone, they have a fiduciary responsibility to carry out your wishes and they're not going to change them. Hmm. So if you have that inkling that you have that <laughs> that, that kid or, or the wife that might change it up on you, get a funeral agent. Right, right, right. What, what, real quick, because we're almost done. What's one of the most unique things you've seen at a funeral? Well, uh, I can tell you the first fun- – once I got licensed, the mm-hmm. first funeral I ran was – he was a big Yankees fan. So okay. all of us wore Yankees uh, jerseys to the funeral. <laughs> we, uh, he was a Mustang fan, so we, we led the procession in Mustangs. No kidding. And when we got to the cemetery, everybody threw out a pitch oh, really? at, in, in memory. So, and th- those are the celebration of life that, that mm. you'll never forget, nor will the family. Right. So when they look back, they're going to say, man, we all wore the Yankees jerseys. We threw that pitch. And, the, you know, it's, it's going back to a, a – a fond memory at a difficult, difficult time. Mm. Well, as we said in the title today, prepare for departure. David, I want to thank you for coming in no, today. Oh, thank you. It's been a blessing. Uh, it's so Im- been a blessing to us. It's so important, folks, if you're listening out there, if you haven't made some preparations. I know many of you have will, some of you don't. Uh, but if you do, think about those funeral arrangements and think about how much easier it will be for the family if you do prepare. And I encourage you, go see uh, David or his family or somebody like him in your area uh, and find out and uh, what are uh, some of the options and, and how should you plan. And I know, David, you even have a little booklet, right, that people can follow yeah, absolutely. along. What do you call There's, that? Uh uh, memorial planning guides mm-hmm. that kind of go through question and answer, Q&A. And when you get to the bottom, it tells you the type of service that you'd probably like. And what's your website, David? It's uh, www.oldbridgefh.com. So oldbridgefh.com, yep. oldbridgefh.com. There'll be a link to that. You know, if you want one of those guides, I'm sure David would be glad to oh, send absolutely. it to you. I'm committing yeah. you to a stamp. All right, there you go. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm sure David would be glad to send it to you. So if you're not sure, you, you haven't given any thought to funeral, believe me, it's worth reading this guide. I've seen it. Uh, email David, uh, drop Drop him a line at his website or email him here at uh, Tandem Radio and uh, check it out. He'll he'll send you something in the mail that I think will be of value to you and your family. And uh, believe me, when it's a time of grieving, that's not the time to make major decisions. Uh, it's it's time to grieve and, and to focus on the loss. So, uh, David, I want to thank you. Yes, God thank bless you. you. And thank, uh, you thank your mom me. for letting you out of the office yeah, as well. That's it. I know you guys work <laughs> together, so she's probably covering for you while yeah. you're here. She's and, the boss. Uh, I know, and you guys are busy, so I thank you for taking the time out. God bless you. Congratulations on your new baby. Yeah. Thank you so much. She's beautiful. Thank you. um, And sleeping. And sleeping. (laughs) Praise God. And uh, congratulations to you and your bride uh, on on the new child. I'm sure the first of many. So I wish you all the best in your business. And uh, thank you for coming in today. Tandemradio.com is where you can find out all types of great information. Tandemradio.com. We'd love to hear from you at info at tandemradio.com. We're here every week with uh, all types of topics, talking about different businesses. And we have some great ones that our producer, Allie, has set up for us in the week. 
weeks ahead. So you're going to want to tune in every Saturday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time and find out uh, just about uh, business and how God wants to be a part of your business. Uh, there's scriptures we discuss, as you've seen, and, and uh, there's so many topics we can cover. And if you have a topic you'd like us to cover, email us at info at tandemradio.com. That's info at tandemradio.com. You can also see our shows there. We do uh, post the shows there, and uh, you can check out a video. So if you want to see what I look like when I don't shave on Saturdays, feel free to check it out. Uh, And uh, you'll even see our team on there. I want to thank Cooper Ford for being in and running the technical aspects of the show today. I want to thank Allie, our producer, for all she does in getting this going so that way when I come in, I can do what I need to do. God bless you. Have a great weekend.